0: Well, good morning. When uh, when Nate was uh, speaking, I was really challenged uh, to think about the mercy of God, uh, thinking back through my life. Um, and then when he said about God means us no harm, my mind immediately went to Romans two and verse four. Uh, and I am constantly rehearsing this to myself uh, when I sin. Did you not know that the kindness of God was meant to lead you to repentance? I mean, think back at your life and how often God could have just like put the hammer down. And he was so gentle and so merciful. So I was really, uh, really challenged by, by the message. Uh, how many of you were in there for breakfast, probably most of you, and saw the card trick? How, did everybody see that? Like that was a legitimate card trick, and so after it was over with, I mean, I was part of it, I heard that they actually asked for Pastor Nate, I heard Pastor Dave, so I got up and stole his thunder, but anyways, it was a legitimate card trick, he pulled that out of there, when, after it was all done, I said, hey, since I got to be a part of that, can you, can you tell me how you did that, and Dave says to me, well, can you keep a secret, I go, well, yeah, and Dave goes, well, so can I, (laughs) what, what kind of answer is that? So I don't know how he did it. I just know, I just know that he did it. I'm still trying to figure it out. By the time family camp four is over, I'm going to have that baby figured out. I'm going to be able to, I'm taking that back home. Next message I preach, I'm going to dazzle him with that thing. But I, in my devotions this morning, uh, thinking about Enoch, and you can turn to Hebrews chapter 11, um, God gave me an overwhelming burden for the men. Now, obviously, half or more ladies here, and when we look at the life of Enoch, there's gonna be something in here for everyone. Um, but if, if, uh, if you're couples that are sitting together, I would like the ladies to do something right now. Before I read a couple of verses about Enoch, and you have to be very gentle here, it's early in the morning, but just give your husband a little bit of a nudge like that, like physically kind of hit him, yeah, yeah, that was hard, that was, just give him a nudge. Because I think there's a message in Enoch that is for the men, and I'm really concerned about the the men in American Christianity. God is really blessing our church at Lakeside, and, and unbelievable in the testimonies. But in talking to pastors, I ask them about their experience in their church. And almost every pastor will say, there are more godly, spiritual, walking with God women in our church than there are men. And I know from doing marriage counseling and sitting beside these, it's not always the case, this is a broad brush, but so many women in the church want their men, want their husbands, want their fathers to be spiritual men of God. Like they're just begging for that to happen. And a lot of the marriage counseling, it seems like I do, is the men just won't step up. And so I, I, I count myself in that. Um, uh, a number of years back in pastoring a church, there was a guy by the, the true story here. There was a guy by the name of Paul. And uh, he would sit in about the third row. And when I first came to the church, I was told by Paul's wife, Hey, don't worry about Paul. It's not going to, you know. And by the way, this is very hard preaching after handing out those books on a boring message. And, you know, and (laughs) it's like, boy, I got to follow that. Uh, So his wife told me, Paul, don't worry. You're not going to be the first pastor, but he's going to fall asleep almost like as soon as you get started. And so certainly enough, I'm looking over there in about the third row, Paul you know, nodding off and on. And normally his wife just let him go. Well, one week, his kids from like Wisconsin or whatever were visiting. And so I noticed when I was preaching that on this particular Sunday, his wife would give him a nudge and try to, you know, hey, the kids and the grandkids are here, kind of keep your head up, you know, because he had Bob. And this literally happened. So I was preaching, I don't even know, somewhere in the New Testament, and I said, and I must have raised my voice, and Paul, you know what, Paul, right when I said Paul, she hit him in the ribs, he stood up in the middle of my message, yes, pastor, what can I do? I'm a natural smart aleck, so I said to Paul, go back to sleep. He came through the line after church. He's like, you really got me there. I go, no, you kind of got yourself there, Paul. So you have permission today. It's not going to be a sin. Like, elbow them. So this is, for, this is for the men, Enoch. So Hebrews 11, let me read the first uh, verse 5 and 6. And we're going to get serious here for a couple of moments. And guys, I want you to tune in. And then we'll go to Genesis chapter 5. Hebrews 11 and verse 5. By faith Enoch was taken up so that he could not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken up, he was, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek Him. It rewards those who seek him. So Enoch's this Old Testament character, but there's actually more words written about Enoch in the New Testament than there actually is in the Old Testament. In Luke 3, he's in the uh, Messiah's genealogy. So even though he's early on in the book of Genesis, he makes the genealogy of Christ. He's the father of the son Methuselah, we'll talk about that in just a second. So he fathered the son the, 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 from our records and from the Bible records, the longest living person ever on the earth, Methuselah, 969 years. He's one of only a few men in all of Scripture that there's not one bad word, uh, one bad thing recorded about him in all of Scripture. Now let's uh, let's do just a little bit of test, see what you know about Enoch. He's one of only two men in Scripture Scripture that is said to have walked with God. Do you know who the other person was? Does any, anybody know? Just yell it out. Somebody said Adam. That's actually not the right answer because it says in Genesis three and verse eight that uh, that God was walking in the garden and Adam hid. So Adam was actually doing the opposite at that point. Uh, anybody else have a guess? Abraham? No, but it could have. Noah. So, so two men, I'm sure there were others, I'm just saying Scripture says two men. He was one of only two men in all of Scripture who did not taste death. It was translated to heaven. You'll get this. Who was the other one? Elijah. 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 He was one of only, t- yes, well, he tasted death. One of only two men that is recorded where it literally says that he pleased God. You know who the other person was? scripture what's that david i don't think it actually says that in john 8 and verse 29 let's see i think the verse will be up on the screen here and he who sent me is with me he has not left me alone for i always do the things that are pleasing to him actually jesus so so he's in rarefied air here a little bit this guy by the name of enoch And his story is found in Genesis 5. So if you would turn there, Genesis 5. Now in Genesis 5, Adam and Eve are hurting parents. Uh, They've lost actually two sons. Uh, they, they, They lost Abel to murder. And they lost Cain to being banished. So as a parent, I want you to enter into the fact that that, that Adam and Eve have now lost two sons. A- Abel to murder and Cain was banished. And uh, in Genesis chapter 4, like verse 25 and 26, God blesses them with a third son and his name is Seth. And so Genesis 5 is the genealogy of the godly line of Seth. Seth. And just as an aside, genealogies in Scripture have, have many uses to us, and they're worth reading. Do your Bible reading, don't skip through, uh, because they're a record of God's mercy, but they're also a record of God's memory. Like God does not forget, like God notices people. God notices men, fathers, generations, and, and there are record of them. But if you read Genesis 5, because it follows Genesis 3, it's kind of like the obituary section uh, in, the, in the New York Times. Like, like if you just peruse uh, Genesis 5 with me, it's, it, there's a phrase that keeps coming up. I don't know how many times, like verse 5. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land... Are are now on how many burdens they they have and, and then you uh, you uh, make them uh, you make them rest verse down to verse eleven and, and it'll talk about them uh, talk about them dying and they and they died and they died and they died but in the midst of all of that you have a couple of exceptions you have Abel and you have Enoch and you have Noah. And the, they, sh, they shine as bright lights. And so let me read uh, Genesis 5, uh, starting at verse 18, and I'll read down through verse 27, and we'll see uh, the story. Oh, excuse me, I was in Exodus, that's why it didn't make sense. Genesis 5. So if you look at Genesis 5, and verse 5, there'll be this phrase, Thus all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Uh, verse 8, thus all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. Uh, verse 11 of Genesis 5, thus all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. And it just keeps going on and on, and they died. Uh, but there are some exceptional cases, and obviously Enoch is the exception. So let me start reading In verse 18 of Genesis 5. When Jared had lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Jared lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. Verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God, here we are, after he had fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters, thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, it says that several times in here, God wants us to know that, and he was not, for God uh, took him. Verse 25, just a couple more verses. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he fathered Lamech, Methuselah lived after he fathered Lamech 782 years. Wow, and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Methuselah were 969 years. Now, here's what I'd like to do in the time that we have here this morning. And men, I want you to perk up here. Enoch had an extraordinary walk with God. And there are snippets of scriptures that kind of tell us how did that happen. Now, I'm 62 years old, five kids that seem like they're all living for the Lord, sixteen grandkids that are eleven and down and Deb and I are praying that they will walk with God that they'll see and the older I get the more I realize that I need to have a godly influence they need to see some godly character they need to see passion coming out of my life that the longer I live for the Lord the more I want to live for the Lord amen it's like I see the mercy of God and, and we should be more amazed each day and and I want I want my grandkids to see that. I want to be there for my kids when, when they're plowing through rough weeks and months and, and uh, uh, just a, a difficult time raising their kids. I want to come alongside them and buoy them up. Well, Enoch, there's a couple of things about Enoch's life that I think as men, women listening in, young people, just that, that we can get from God. So I want to talk about, and I think there's a heading there that says, Enoch's extraordinary walk with God. And I, want, I just want you to notice four things, and this has been such a blessing to me this morning in thinking about Nate talking about the mercy of God and how that should move us. There's an unbelievable illustration about the mercy of God in Enoch's life. So so let's just look at Enoch's extraordinary walk with God for a few moments. Number one, I want you to notice its starting point. Its starting point. It says in verse 21, When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. And then it says in verse 22, and then Enoch walked with God after, circle the word after. He fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. He was 65 years old when he, uh, when he became a father. He wasn't 65 years old and retired. It wasn't 65 years old and got his Social Security check. He, he was 65 years old and became a first-time father. Now, I know in talking to Nate, and he shared it, uh, that, that, you know, he was what? How old were you uh, for this last child? Forty-five. 45. And and all of a sudden, here's this beautiful daughter. And I don't know if... Did you use the word surprise or you just said the word joy? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I'm just reading this and, you know, you don't have to be Enoch like this because apparently in about 15 years you have another one coming. So I don't know. I wrote in my Bible, Lordy, Lordy, 65. Now notice, and this is why I think for the men you have to... Notice that Enoch walked with God starting the very day he fathered his first son. And this really got me, because I was thinking about my life, and, and uh, my son was born uh, about two years after I had trusted Christ, right in there. My son Jake, that had all the, the uh, health problems, was born on December 21st. I was the proudest guy in the world and and it was a very tough labor and i 'll let my my uh, my wife uh, my wife describe that I had a brother in law who's not a follower of Christ, and when his daughter got married, he was going to give the speech, and it ended up being like a twenty five minute speech and he started talking about his daughter and and so he was tearing up and he was telling, telling it, looking at his daughter and, it, and he said, "If you would have known how difficult it was for your mom to bring you into the world, she had blood vessels and her eyeballs were." Pop- as you were coming out and I was like oh don't go any farther Mike you know don't but I was like and I was in that room and it was so difficult and I was so caught up in the moment and back in the day you'd stay in the hospital a couple of days and it was a very difficult uh, delivery well first First child, first grandchild in our family, my family lived about 100 miles away, we get out of the hospital on the 23rd, well the 24th is Christmas Eve, my family's going to be together, I, I don't know if I talked my wife into it or I told her we're going back to the Christmas Eve to see my family and pass her pass that child around and man, that was one of the biggest mistakes of my life. I look over to my wife after about an hour, and I, this is my son, and I just can't believe it. It's my son, and, and she's, like, white as a ghost, and she's not feeling good, and, and we're, so, we're, so we're driving back, and I said, honey, like, like, did I do something? Did I do something wrong? And she's like, duh. I just birthed the baby, and you drove me down these gravel roads. I just got caught up. Something happened to Enoch, the very day he fathered Methuselah. It says from that day on, and and the scriptures literally mean from the day he fathered Methuselah, he walked with God. He was different. And I look at all these kids when they leave here and they go to their classes, they need to see fathers who are different, amen? My grandkids need to see a grandpa who's different. And, and if you look at this, this is not just Enoch. If you put your eyes back on uh, Genesis chapter four verse twenty five and twenty six let me read this so so this should this should be normal to believing a fatherhood, it says in Genesis four twenty five, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. And notice this, verse 20, to Seth also a son was born. And he called his name Enosh. And notice when that son was born. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. I think God has structured it For us men who don't always get it, that nothing like having a child to get us serious about God, it should do something to us. And I I was changed. And I would just say this Dads, you are never gonna be able to pass on to your kids something you don't have yourself. You can't pass on a baton you don't have. And so fathers, like, we should seize the moment. Look, look at this camp. Look at the kids and the bikes. Look at the blessing of God that we have. And Enoch had an extraordinary walk with God, and it started the day he became a father. Our elders pray on a regular basis in our church, oh, for fathers who would walk with God. That is a game changer in a church for fathers. So so I would say take Enoch as your patron patriarch. I can't say patron saint. That's how I grew up. That's what you do in the Catholic church. Everybody has a little statue of somebody. But your patron patriarch something happened to Enoch the moment he became a father. Like, like the moment his son was born, God became something to him, and something changed inside him. And according to Scripture, at 65 he has Methuselah, and for 300 years, every day for the rest of his life, he walked with God. It's possible to say, now if he's if he was 65 when he started walking with God, that means there hardly isn't anybody here. If you're not walking, you can't start today to walk, walk with God. So, number two, I want you to think about the secret sauce. What was the secret sauce to Enoch walking with God? Well, if you look at Genesis 6 and verse 5… It wasn't that, hey, he got to live his life at family camp and he was, uh, he was not around the world and he was kind of in a, in a little igloo of his own and he wasn't touched by the world. No, look at the world uh, that, that, uh, that Enoch was, was in. It says in Genesis 6 and verse 5, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So two I think, ingredients to the secret sauce. Number one, he was wise enough to learn from the past. Okay, and I just want you to, to, to see this with me and I have a little graphic. Did you know that in Enoch's formative years, uh, Adam was still alive? I want you to look at this chart. So when Enoch was born, there were, Adam's gonna live almost 300 more years. So I want you to think about, again, being Adam going through what you've done, making, the, making the, the, the worst choice you've ever made, seeing all the consequences of that choice, seeing death come in, seeing a coat of skins be made for you. And if you're Adam, if you're going to get that, and I, I think he did, then, then as he's moving on in his life, here comes sixth or seventh generation Enoch, and you can't tell me that Enoch wasn't able to sit with Adam, and Adam tell him everything that was going on. Adam had to tell him about creation and paradise and sin and the fall and the consequences and the promises that would come. He could could tell him about what it was like to hide from God. So so I, I think if you just put this together, you just use some reasonable imagination. I think Enoch. What was part of the... He, he learned from the past. Like, you can, you can learn from Scripture. You can learn from those who went before them. But even more so, I think that Enoch, number two, had a direct revelation from God. He had a direct word from God. Now, in Jude 14 and verse 15, I think it'll be up here on the screen. Here's what the New Testament says about Enoch. He, uh, he was also about uh, these, that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied. So here's... Here's what the New Testament is telling us about Enoch that we don't read in the Old Testament. Here's what Enoch said. Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones uh, to execute judgment on all and to convict all of the ungodly, of their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. There was something about Enoch who, who, who was a prophet. He got a prophecy from God that judgment was coming. Now, I want you to put your thinking cap on, and I want to I show you, and maybe you've, maybe you've seen this. So he fathered a child by the name of Methuselah. Now, in the Hebrew, that's kind of a hard, a hard name to figure out exactly what the name meant. Uh, and if you read different commentaries, uh, you'll get some different ideas of what the name Methuselah meant. But most of the conservative commentaries will literally say that his name means when he is dead, it will be sent. Oh, by the way, how would you like to name your child? When, when you're dead, it'll be sent. You know, go to, go to first grade class. Hey, uh, what's your name? When I'm dead, it'll be sent. Oh, gee, thanks. Thanks for that nice. Well, what will be sent? Well, it's going to be the flood. Well, let me show you that God specifically meant what he was saying when Enoch named Methuselah. Now, if you put this chart, we're going to do this math together. And if you've never done this, this should be an encouragement to you. If you put the chart up there with the number, no, go back, go the other direction. Yeah, right there. Okay, so follow me. This is going to be easy math. Methuselah lived, tell me how many years he lived according to the chart in the Bible. 969 years. It says in verse 25 of Genesis 5, that after he was born, after 187 years, he fathered Lamech. So from 0 to 187, he fathered Lamech. Verse, Verse 28 of Genesis 5 said, Lamech fathered Noah 182 years later. And then it says, so now Noah's alive, and it says in Genesis 7 and verse 11, in the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventh day of the, of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth and the windows of the heavens were open. 600 years later, the flood came. So Methuselah is born at 187 years of age. He has Lamech. Well, Lamech has a son at, after 182 years. His name is Noah. 600 years after Noah, is born, the flood came. If you add 187, 182, and 600, it comes up to what number? 969 years after Methuselah was born, the flood came. That's that's right in Scripture. You don't have to take numbers and twist them. And so literally... Enoch got a message from God about a judgment that was coming. And he so hung on to what God said that he actually named his son, when, uh, when he dies, it will be sent, believing what God said. And Methuselah lived 969 years, and on the year that he died, the flood came. And we say, Lord... Enoch took God at his word, he received the prophecy, he acted on it. He named his son after something God had specifically told him. You talk about a man of faith and how he enters into Hebrews chapter 11 and and he he takes God at his word and he believes things that aren't even seen yet and, and he lives his life based on what can't be seen but what he's been told. That's all God is asking. Now, he walked with God. That's his secret sauce. He he, he just took God at his word. He named his son after a prophecy that God had given him. And Scripture has so much to say about walking with God. Let me just give you a couple. Uh, So Scripture talks about walking with God as a series of small steps in the same direction over a period of time. So, So God's not... Most likely asking somebody to go from here to join Nate in Thailand over, even though that could be the case. He's probably asking you to go home and do personal devotions and speak to your wife in a kind way and be an example for your kids. Walking with God, when you read about it in Scripture, is always going to be distinct from the direction the crowd's going. I think about my own life and how much of my life is going in the direction of the crowd because I like what the crowd has to say. Dads, men, women, listen to this. You have to do your own walking. It says that Enoch walked with God. Your, Your wife can't walk for you. She wants to. She wants so much for you to walk with her in this spiritual journey. This is the thing in, in our churches. I, I'm not doubting that these men are saved. But it's like when you take a broad brush, the women have this passion. And, and I hear them crying out for their husbands. I just, I just want somebody that I can follow. I just want them to be in love with God. and It's no casual stroll. It's not a walk in the park. It is a walk of a lifetime. It's a personal choice. It's open to every one of us. I don't think it's too casual to say God's looking for a walking partner. He, he's looking for a walking partner. He, he's no different. Well, I mean, wh- what is walking? Well, you take taking God at his word. You're not going to walk with God if you don't start the day with God. Prayer, holiness, be holy for I am holy, agreement with God, how can two be uh, uh, together unless they agree, following after God, he's leading, prioritizing, pleasing God in my decisions rather than myself, it involves being fruitful in smaller things so small that Enoch named his child after something God had said to him. See, like, it doesn't say anything about how good of a husband or father Enoch was in Scripture. But the fact that he walked with God for 300 years tells me everything I need to know. If he's walking with God, then he's loving his wife unconditionally, amen? You're not walking with God if you don't love your wife unconditionally. Uh, If you have eyes for somebody that's not your wife you're not walking with God if you're not honoring her and lifting her up as precious china you're not walking with God if you're not leading her spiritually you're not walking with God and so the secret sauce for Enoch this guy that's really cool I mean he got translated but he walked with God and it says it twice number three uh, this extraordinary walk with God obviously came to a very sudden ending. Uh, it says in verse 5 of Hebrews 11 that God took him, like just, just took him. And it also says that, uh, that he wasn't able to be found because God took him. So people were looking for him. Like his life apparently w- was missed once he, once he left the earth. Like, like he had left a mark on some people. They were actually looking for him. And, uh, but, but it says that God took him, just like Elijah so, I know that walking with God doesn't, doesn't guarantee a long life, but it does guarantee eternal life, right? And every child of God today should live with the same hope that Enoch does. Uh, do you believe in the rapture of the church? Do you? Like I do. I've had numerous people try to talk me out of a, personally, my, my positions of pre trib rapture. I've, I've, had, I've had everybody in the world come after me and say, well, that, that's not, well, my hope is that it's the imminent return of Christ, amen? Like he's coming back. And so it could be in our generation. So what we wanna do is we wanna walk with God and be taken up with God, amen? I, I wanna hear the trumpet sound. I wanna go. Now, the only thing that mitigates that in my life, is that my family doesn't know Christ. And so when I get excited about the prospects for me and those family members, our, our kids, Deb and I, about going to be with the Lord, I immediately have a broken spirit over the loved ones that aren't here. I just close with this, the number four thing about this extraordinary walk with God. It, it's a very sobering message for us. But here's where the beauty of what Nate was talking about, the mercy of God, comes in. I want you to receive the blessing of this, and I want you to receive the challenge of this. For 969 years, Methuselah's life, uh, he he lived in the raging waters of God's wrath, because he had made this prophecy about judgment is coming. It's been 969 years the, the, the wrath of God is coming. So for 969 years, the raging waters of God's wrath has been up against this dam of God's mercy. So it's there in full force. It's just the mercy of God has dammed it up. But one day, as we know in Genesis 6, the dam of God's mercy breaks... And the judgment of sin takes place. Here's what I want you to think, and I want you to be encouraged by this. So who was the oldest living human recorded in Scripture? Give me his name. Methuselah. God said to Enoch, um, when he is dead, it will come. The judgment, the flood. Why would Methuselah be the longest living human ever recorded in history? Why why do you you think that's a coincidence? Well, why would it be? Anybody have a guess? It's the mercy of God. The day, that, the day that Methuselah dies, the flood's coming. It does not surprise me one iota that the longest living human in all of the world was the one who had the, who had the prophecy that when you die, judgment's coming. Do you think God wants to judge the world in sin? He's holy. But, but his mercy... Do we not know that the kindness of God? And so when I'm reading it, I'm like, Methuselah is the ultimate picture of the mercy of God. He lived the longest of any human being. And isn't that just like God? I mean, that is just like God. But we need to be warned, and I'll just close with these scriptures, and then I'm going to ask the men to stand as I pray. But just hold on for a second. The scripture will be up. On the screen. And let's take this seriously this morning. 2 Peter 3. It'll be up here on the screen. And I'm going to start reading at verse 8. Think of Methuselah. Think of God's mercy. Think of his mercy as a dam that's withholding judgment. Here's what Peter said, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. I don't know if he was thinking about Methuselah, he could have have been, we're we're real close there. He's rounding it off. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, Methuselah would have said amen to that, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, that's God's desire. He doesn't, I'll steal Nate's word, he He doesn't think harm, he thinks mercy. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away. If we could talk to anybody that got caught up in the flood, they say, hey, pay attention to what God is saying here. Uh, And the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies uh, uh, would be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, since it's going to happen, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting and hastening the coming of the day of God Because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to His promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness will dwell. Are we thankful for that? That is the promise of God. Now, God has actually written Methuselah on each one of us. Uh, when he is dead, it will be sent. So I want you to think about this. So he's called you Methuselah. When you die, it will be sent. What's going to be sent when you die? What, what happens the moment you die? Are, are you sure you're going to be ushered to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord? I mean, are you radically, deep down, authentically, no doubt about it, sure that you're covered by the blood of Christ? It's appointed for men once to die and after the judgment. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He has not come into judgment, but has passed over from death to life. And I think, and I'm calling in myself, I'll just raise my hand right here. I want to I be a dad, a grandfather, a man who's, who's, who wants to walk with God. And I was confessing sin this morning. Oh, my goodness. I know Enoch, he, he was a sinner. He didn't say he was perfect, but he, he, sinners can walk with God. But you've got to be repentant and you've got to be humble. And so, fathers, I, 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 I just ask, would you, would you take this moment in camp, you're surrounded by family, and you're saying, you look at the kids today, and you think about the world that's in front of them, and you say, no, I want to put my stake down. Somebody asked me one time, uh, Dave, do you have an exit strategy? Enoch had an exit strategy. He walked with God and God took him. So I'm just going to ask the men if you would just stand up right now. You don't have to be married, just any, any man, young man or old. And I'm going to put Micah 6 and verse 8 up on the screen. And I, I would just say this. Um, God is looking for a walking partner. And it's a manly thing to walk with God. It's, 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 a, it's the most manly thing you can do. First, second chronicles, God is looking to and fro for a man who's just sold out for him. But here's my, here's my prayer. Here, here's what Micah 6.8 says. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness? And guys, I want you to say the last phrase with me. And to walk humbly with your God. Let me pray. Father, I am one amongst many of these men. And Lord, I know many of the men want to have a more pure walk with you than is even going on in their life. Just in talking to some men, they're disgusted with some of the things that are in their life. They know that they've trusted in you. They know that they're on their way to heaven. But if it was to be this very moment, it would be a difficult first meeting. So Lord, I think about what I need to lay down, what I need to turn my back on, What I need to incorporate into my life to be a man who humbly walks with you. I want that. And I trust that everyone here that's standing does. So, Lord, I pray for these men, certainly the women and the ladies here as well. Uh, But, Lord, would would you put a backbone into these men? Would you help them to have a clearer picture of all of the kids and the young people that are around this camp? And in their families. And would you you give us a little of the spirit that Enoch got when Methuselah, at the age of 65, when he was born, how he walked with you from that moment on? Lord, would you give us the courage to live for you? Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you, they're not ready uh, for the ultimate stand before you and to possibly hear, depart from me, I never knew you. Lord, if there's one here, I pray that they would just trust in you right now. But Lord, I'm asking, and as a part of this group, I'm asking your collective blessing on us. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for your patience and your mercy and your kindness. In Christ's precious name, amen.